previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. The uh, woman I'm formerly related to by marriage was in the military. So I spent about a year in Alaska and then also then spent about three years in Colorado. So, and you know, it's always interesting because people think about Alaska and they think about, oh, the fishing and all of that. Well, and Anita, but. Yeah, yeah, it gets an Anita. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Roxy and I are flying solo again. Yep. And it's for good reason. And it's kind of funny because we actually hung out at Simon's place the other night. (laughs) That was a hoot and a half. Simon had a few too many beverages, shall we say. (laughs) Hopefully he's recovered and on his way to... Europe, as he likes to say. If you say he's on his way to London, which is where he's flying into, he gets but really... But he's not actually, that's not his final destination. I, I get that, but he got really mad at me for saying, oh, you're going to... Oh, he's like, that's just like an American. Yeah, I learned the other night the difference between Great Britain, the UK, and England. So what's the difference? Well, I slept on it and kind of forgot, so... Oh, so Simon... <laughs> WTFC Podnet. I should have been taking notes. <laughs> At gmail.com. No, he, he showed me a diagram that was very helpful. Um, oh, right, right, yeah. right. I sort of remember that. I don't yeah. remember much either. You weren't really paying attention at that yeah. moment. <laughs> so the reason we're going solo is because we are so jam-packed today. This is one of the more exciting episodes for us, but I feel really bad because Roxy had an unfortunate thing happen, and we'll probably get into that later in the show. So she's a little sad. Yeah, I'm a little sad today. All right. Okay. We'll come back to that, I promise. But I wanted to start the show off on a lift. Now, we got some emails and tweets, kind of negative, not really negative, but they were, what the heck? You're such a baseball fan, and we didn't even comment on the whole Field of Dreams thing. Now, the reason I didn't really comment on it is because I assume, not everyone, but I think most people, they listen to the TK show if mm-hmm. they're listening to this podcast. And I honestly couldn't have said it any better. Now, the TK show came out before our episode, so I was like, there's no point in even going into it. Tony said it was perfect, and yeah. I can't agree more. It, the whole thing was perfect, right down to the Yankees getting walked off on in the bottom of the ninth. Mm -hmm. Ah, Ha ha, I'm just kidding, but not really. (laughs) But no, I mean, really, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, as a baseball fan, that ninth inning alone was just one of the most amazing things ever. And that's all I could say about it. I mean, the whole production, and that's what we're calling it, a production. I mean, that whole opening was a production. Yeah. And it was, for me, it was a little long, but we'll get into that. a little dramatic, but but it it, it it had a lot of meaning to it, and everyone, I think, really appreciated it. So we could go on and on about how we felt about it, but we're actually going to try and do one better, and we actually have a special guest with us today. I guess we're kind of calling this a Tiny Tuesday, but please welcome to the podcast, everyone, Matt Jacobson. Hi, Matt. Are you there? I am here. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is actually a big treat. Now, why don't we get right into, let's introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners. Now, we're calling you a tiny, but it's my understanding. You know Ed Buck, correct? Uh, Yes, I've known Ed for quite some time. Ed and I worked at the same law firm in Chicago for a number of years before I transitioned to my current firm, which is in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. And Ed's a very dear friend of the podcast, obviously a very hardcore Tony Kornheiser fan. Now, but you're not. Is that correct? I wouldn't say that I'm not a fan of Tony. I used to listen to his show. I know that Ed is a, uh, I think you call him Loyal Littles. And I've seen photographs of you guys' get-togethers, and it looks like a lot of fun. I just don't find myself having the time to listen to his show. 
Gotcha. Okay, so fair enough. So in our world, we call them tinies, if that's okay. Because it's, it's a little, fine. just a little bit below a little, we, we call it. So, okay, so the whole point of having you on the podcast, honestly, was I saw, I think it was a tweet you had the other day, and you were driving to the Field of Dreams for the game. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. All right, so let's just get right into all of this, because I was getting, honestly, some flack for not bringing it up, and I just didn't think there was any, I couldn't do words justice, and I knew we were hopefully going to have you on, so I just figured, let's get the recap from someone who was actually there. What was that all, all like? Like, how did it all start? How did you get your tickets? All that kind of stuff. Okay, well, from what I understand, I think Major League Baseball didn't have a whole lot of information well in advance of how this game was going to play out and how to get tickets, but they announced that they were going to have a lottery, mm. and you had to sign up, but you had to have an Iowa zip to be able to sign up. Oh. I did not win, so I got my ticket on the secondhand market. I see. But to be perfectly blunt, there was absolutely no way that I was going to miss this game. Why would you say that? Is Are you just that big of a baseball fan? I actually grew up uh, in a small town next to Dyersville, and for people that live outside of that part of the country, they probably don't realize that Dubuque County, Iowa is baseball crazy. I probably, my last couple of years that I was playing high school ball there, I played not only for my high school, I played American Legion ball, and I actually played for the town team. And I guess the best way to put it is summers in Cascade, Iowa, in Dyersville, Iowa, a lot of people spend their time watching baseball. And I I absolutely grew to love the game. And my high school and the Dyersville High School, we were ranked either number one or number two in the state by three years that I played. And when the filming took place, my dad happened to know the the farm director. And so we were able to go see a day of the filming. And I am also driving a car in the last scene where they are driving to the field. Get out. You're, You're in one of those? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. So it has meant a lot to me personally. When I grew up, I did not want to root for all the teams that my friends rooted for. So I had friends that rooted for the White Sox, the Cubs, not so much the Brewers and the the Twins, but I was actually a Pittsburgh Pirates baseball fan, which I know doesn't speak very (laughs) much about my intelligence. I I suffer through most summers. Oh, yeah. I used to go to bed listening to White Sox games because the Cubs didn't have lights at the time. And so it was the the natural radio broadcast. And so I fell asleep listening to White Sox baseball. And so I kind of had an affinity for the White Sox. And my dad was a professional photographer. And as fate has it, there's a lot of convergence here in the universe. But my little town that I grew up in was about 1,500 people. But there is a native player a major league baseball player from Cascade by the name of Urban Red Faber, who is actually in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And he was on the 1917 White Sox championship team. And he was also on the 1919 Black Sox, but he was on the injured list. So he was not pulled into that particular scandal. But if you were to go into one of the rooms in my house, I have a bunch of photos that had been restored by my dad as part of the Cascade Historical Society and I have Red Faber shaking Babe Ruth's hand. I've got a great big restored team picture of the 1917 White Sox. I have pictures of the Yankees and the White Sox in front of the Sphinx. 
in Egypt, uh, just these old photos from that time. So in addition to having the attraction to the field, I, I'm just naturally sort of drawn to the White Sox of that era. Right. Okay, this is getting out of control here because I feel like we need to turn this into a Meet the Littles interview, even though you're not a little, because this is like amazing information. Okay, if you don't mind, let's jump to the game. I mean, okay. start start from the beginning. What what was that like seeing Kevin Costner walk out of the corn? I mean, we all know. The, I mean, most of us know the movie. That's a whole other topic podcast. If you like the movie, if you didn't like the movie, it, it all starts now. I mean, it might have been different because of for TV broadcasts and stuff like that. I mean, did it start like what we saw on TV or was it like all pre set up and Kevin like came out on the field, talked to you first, then he walked into the corn before the broadcast started? Anything like that? Well, with the caveat that I have actually I recorded it of course. Uh -huh. So I have watched what Major League Baseball broadcast, but they had a video screen behind the left field fence that would show the lineups and the, the pitch count and pitch speeds that typically that you, what you would see at a Major League Baseball game. And they had a video of Costner leading into him entering the field. So he did not come out. There was no pre- talk with the fans, setting anything up. We saw him on the video screen, and then he entered through the right field opening in the fence and came out onto the field, and they had him talking about the field and what it meant, and he's just walking around. And I, I wasn't exactly sure what he was doing initially, but then it became clear to me that he was somewhat recreating him walking through the corn and looking around like he did in the movie. And I have to admit, it was... You were crying. Just it was it. very emotional. You were crying. It's okay. Yep. I was crying watching uh, on TV. I'll admit it. Yeah. yeah uh, it was uncontrollable crying. Yeah. And when he turned to the field and the players walked through the corn and came through, it was as good a sports theater as I have seen in anything in my life. And there wasn't a dry eye around me in the stands. It was very special. I can only imagine. Like I said, watching it on TV was one thing. And just to be there, I, I just that. Well, that's why you're here to help us get a picture of that. The, and the only thing I will say about that whole opening, at least from a TV standpoint, was it did get a little long at some points. I think it would have been really cool and effective if they had just had like the starters come through the corn instead of like everyone and their brother basically come through the corn. Yeah. But other I mean, I didn't really comment on it on the podcast the day or two after because it, I don't think I could have done it any more justice than Tony did by he just it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. The whole thing was just perfect. If you remember from the movie, at some point when Kevin Costner returns to the field with Terrence Mann, James Earl Jones character, and they had picked up the young Moonlight Graham and he, they get there and Moonlight Graham is recognized by Shoeless Joe, even though nobody introduced him. Mm -hmm. And Shoeless Joe says, you're Graham, right? And he says, yeah. He's like, well, get out there, get ready. And he makes a comment about, disparaging comment about him being a rookie. And Kevin Costner looks out in the field and he says something to the effect of, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that line truly describes how the game opened up. It was perfect. I have no quibbles even though I, I agree with you that it did seem like it took a lot of time for all the players to walk through. But man, if I if I was one of the players, I would want to experience that as well. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. 
Now, a dear friend of mine and well known to the podcast as Tiny Chuck, he actually texted me late in the, in the ninth and he said, the only thing that could make this more perfect is if they announced a pitch hitter and it's Moonlight Graham. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, obviously that can't happen, but I mean, how cool would that have been, right? <laughs> yes, that would have been phenomenal. Yeah. And then have him hit the walk off instead of Tim oh. Anderson. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So now you were rooting for the White Sox, I kind of assume, but maybe not. I was. Yeah. But... I was more than that rooting for a good game. Yeah, well, uh, definitely got I that. Did not. So um, the the ninth inning was, <laughs> I don't care where the game was played. That was an incredible ninth inning. Yeah. Oh, it was unbelievable. And I just can't even imagine. So you're going to tell us, what was it like, you know, being there with that energy for that walk-off? Well, I think the crowd was pretty evenly split between people rooting for the White Sox and people rooting for the Yankees. Okay. It got awfully loud in the top of the ninth when Giancarlo Stanton hit his homer. And I think they announced the crowd at just under 8,000 people, but it was loud. It was, it was really loud. Very sort of surprising to me just how loud it got. But then when Tim Anderson hit the walk-off in the bottom of the ninth, it got just as loud. And there was a fair number of Yankee fans sitting around me who were very disappointed in it. Mm -hmm. But they also had pretty big smiles on their faces because I think they realized that they had just seen an incredible baseball game. Yeah, they were there. Very unbelievable to have two homers in the top of the ninth, followed by a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth, and in this field in Little Town, Northeast Iowa, and they were there. Yeah. And there's no two ifs, ands, or buts about it. It was historic. Well, it sounds like they're going to do it again in the future, hopefully maybe even just next year. So that's, it'll lessen it a little bit, but I still think it's exciting for the game and maybe some new teams and stuff like that will finally get to experience all that. Now, real quick, you might have some inside dirt on this. Now, the other field where they did film the movie, is there a specific reason why they didn't build around that to make it? Is, is Are the dimensions not Major League or? Yeah, it's, it's nowhere close to Major League gotcha. Baseball side. That's what I figured. Yeah. Uh, it is, I'd been to the movie site several times after the filming, I have two daughters and I've taken both of them there and actually spent my last Father's Day with my dad there. Oh, um, kill any smalls, I, if I may take from another movie. Another good baseball yeah. movie. Wow. I, I didn't know it at the time, but he contracted leukemia and, and passed away before I had another Father's Day with him. But I told you before that I'm a Pirates fan. Mm -hmm. And right around that time, Pittsburgh was building PNC Park. So I, you know how you can buy paver bricks, mm -hmm. you know, to Fenway. help raise money for whatever. And certainly the pirates need the money. But I, I bought him a, a 12 by 12 paver brick that sits outside the front opening of PNC Park. And it reads, if you build it, they will come. Mm. And uh, to honor my dad. Oh, wow. And we spent my last Father's Day with him there. But setting that aside, there's n absolutely no way they could have built a field there a, it's not big enough, but if you want to have seats mm -hmm. around there, you would start to encroach on the farmhouse yeah. and the, the barn that's part of it. So I think the only option that they had if they were going to go forward with something like this was to create another stadium beyond where the, the movie site was. But it worked out really well. We could see when we were sitting in the bleachers, there was probably anywhere from three, five, maybe 700 people that were 
playing catch on the movie site field or running the bases sure. or just walking around that during the game itself. So I think it really attracted a lot of people, not just for the game, mm-hmm. but for the total experience. Wow. I mean, that's definitely on our bucket list for sure. I've got to get there at some point. It's pretty neat. Uh, the last day that I had with my dad there and on Father's Day in 2000, we met a person from Japan. And he was working for 3M that summer up in Minneapolis. And my dad was always the kind of guy who who liked to meet new people. And as we were talking to this gentleman, we asked him how long he'd been in the States. And he said he had just gotten there the week before. But he had all of these places that he wanted to visit while he was going to spend a year in the United States. And he said the Field of Dreams movie site was the top of his list because of his relationship with his dad. And as you probably know, Japan has a very strong relationship with the game. They love baseball over there. And as we were leaving the movie site that day, we looked up and he was sitting on the stands, the, you know, kind of the the wooden bleachers that Uh were still from the movie. And he was up there crying by himself. And that kind of encompasses what that place means for me. And for a lot of people that grew up in that area and, and, and love the movie. And so it's, again, I'm very happy they finally did it. And it, it was an incredible night. Well, like I said, Matt, this might have to turn into a meet the littles kind of segment at some point, because I don't know, I have a feeling you have some other really great stories to tell <laughs> that the littles yeah. might want to hear about. But I can't thank you enough for coming on and telling your story. And, and I, I'm almost speechless. I'm so jealous. I can't even imagine what it must have been like to be there. And thank you for sharing the story. You're very welcome. Obviously, it, it means a lot to me. I love that place. Growing up in little town Iowa and playing baseball in those fields, I would have scoffed at the notion that Major League Baseball would ever play a game there. And the fact that they did... Like I said before, there's absolutely no way that I was going to miss it. I was going to figure out some way of being get there. Yeah. Well, I would have just rolled up and said, yo, I was in the movie. Like, how, <laughs> how are you turning me? I was in the movie. You can't turn me away. Right. Go talk to Kevin. He knows me. <laughs> but anyway, thank you again so much for the time. We really appreciate it. And uh, maybe we'll we'll make you a, a little yet, maybe. I would enjoy that. Any friend of Ed Budd is a friend of mine, and and I thank you for the invite and allowing me to share just a little bit of what it meant to me, and uh, hopefully your listeners will get a chance to visit it someday. If There's not a lot to do in Dyersville, but just going there and spending a little bit of time there, and if you do bring a glove and a ball, play some catch, not have a catch, play some catch. <laughs> That's some good advice, so we really appreciate it. Thanks again, Matt, and we'll probably talk to you again soon. Take care and be well. All right, all you loyal Littles. Now, don't go anywhere because we are still going to meet the Littles today. We'll be right back. I'm Christopher Giannini from Memphis, Tennessee, and you are listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network.
We are being played in this episode by the one and only Jason Fuse. And this song is called Weightless, and it's off his new album called Headed Home. And as we hopefully all know by now, we can find Jason almost anywhere. Bandcamp, Spotify, and most importantly, iTunes. So you can head on over there and buy the album Headed Home. And if you want to reach out to him on Twitter, you can find him at Judo Fuse. That's J-U-D-O-F-U-S-E. And as always, we'll play the full song, Weightless, at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And please welcome to the podcast, Claudia Harbert. Hey, Claudia, how you doing? I am well. Well, we're excited. This took us a while to get to the to make this happen. Now, let's get right into you. Where are you from? Where you grew up? All that stuff. Because I think I remember who you are. I don't remember how we got in touch with you and how this all worked out. But by any chance, are you the one that sticks their head in the pictures at Jingle Fest? I photobombed you guys. I you did. did. Okay. So now I know who you are. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Because we have so many new little, especially because not just Jingle Fest, now with Summer, Summer of Littles. Littles. I mean, that right. opened up a whole new world. Okay, so you're the photo bomber. Yes, That's I'm the photo bomber. I think we just found the title bomber. of our episode. I'm so excited. Wait, I love okay. this. So not to be confused with the mad tweeter. The mad tweeter, right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, well, why don't you take a second, introduce yourself to all the loyal Littles, especially the ones that don't know who you are. Okay, so I'm a longtime listener of the radio show. I hearken back to the days of 980 and 530, the ticker. And so Mr. Tony was a part of my existence from 10 to 12 for a very, very, very long time. And I literally planned things around being in the car so that I could listen to the AM radio because back then radios in your house didn't really work on AM frequencies anymore and they were hard to find. So I'd been known to sit in my car and listen to the end of the show or the beginning of the show because it was simply easier. So I, I skew very old and I go back almost the very beginning. So I've been listening to him and really enjoyed the sports and the local commentary, even when it was a national show. So I have moments, the Phil Mom's moment and you know, Phil the show killer and Dan the Duke Davis. And wow, you go just way back. And I would connect with him. I'm originally from Monmouth County, New Jersey, not Long Island, but I get that New York vibe. And so there's a lot of things that when Mr. Tony would talk about his childhood and, and things and, and such, it's like, well, yes, I remember that. And because he's not that much older than I am. So I longtime radio listener and did listen to the podcast pretty routinely up until a moment in time where I was like, I'm kind of done, but mm. still enjoy the connection with the littles and sure. just things that have evolved since I don't listen to the podcast anymore. Gotcha. So, but I still feel very connected to people, especially through the jingles, things like that. Oh, wow. wow. All right. So you said you grew up in New Jersey, right? Yes, I did. And not too far from the Stone Pony, which uh, Liz and her Bruce Springsteen affiliation. He, um, funny story about Bruce Springsteen. I used to take uh, 
art classes from a woman by the name of Evelyn Levins, and she lived in Red Bank. And when he did a show at the Carlton Theater on Monmouth Street in Red Bank, he actually crashed at her house, and she had a pair of his brown corduroy jeans. Stop it. What? All right, just for yep. the record, I've played that theater, and I didn't get to crash at her place. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, that's the connection to Bruce Springsteen that I have and ah. uh, drove past the Stone Pony many times in, uh, I guess it would be, it wasn't Asbury Park, but I, I can't think of, now I can't think of the actual town because there's all those little towns on the Jersey Shore. But he was so overhyped that I kind of like moved away from being this giant Springsteen fan. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been sort of like the person who, if everyone's doing it, I'm running as fast as I can in the opposite direction. Right. So, yeah. So I found other I found other artists to love and enjoy. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool with his daughter, though, winning the what she win the silver. Yes. Or, yeah. I think. Now you kind of dropped this a little bit hinted. Well, actually, let's go back even further. So you are a nurse, right? Is that what I've heard? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so yeah. you went to school for that and all that. Georgetown. Yeah. yeah. Proud Georgetown alum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how do you feel about Syracuse? Uh, You know what I say to anybody from Syracuse? What's that? What's the streak in Manly now? Ah. And they have to know what the hell I'm talking about. Because Manly Cave was the on-campus arena at Syracuse before they built the Carrier Dome. And they had a very long, long win streak at that particular locale. Oh. And the last game that was played at Manly Cove, or Cave is what they refer to it as, was a game against this college from, I think, D.C. And a, there was a coach by the name of, I think his name was John Thompson. <laughs> and we walked out of there with the win. Right. And so that was the thing. And, and like most people from Syracuse, you know, recent people, they don't even know what Manly is. And so they look at me quizzically. And I go, mm-hmm, yeah, typical Syracuse alums. Don't even know the buildings on your own effing campus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've kind of already dropped hints about this. So we're, well, I don't want to assume anything. Where does your fandom lie with your teams? Are you all DC-based sports? Oh, I am all in with the Nats, baby. I'm season ticket holder. Oh, My avatar on my Facebook page is me, Carter Keyboom, my daughter, Juan Soto. And that picture was, it was a professional headshot, well, not headshot, but it was, they had a professional photographer there at Winterfest. And we were, we're all looking off to our right. And of the thousands of pictures they took, they used that picture to be on the NAPS webpage for an advertisement for Winterfest. Whoa. Oh, wow. That's I exciting. just about lost Famous. my mind. That's yeah. great. So I've made it onto a professional sports team's webpage. And yes, well, I'm, I'm standing next to Carter. My daughter's in the middle. And then my college roommate, Mary Jo Swinmer, is off. She's She's got Mr. Soto on her right arm. So that's, as they like to say, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> You know what the hardest part about this is right now? You're making my job entirely impossible as to what I'm going to choose as the stinger for the episode yeah. because you are giving me so many options. It's not even funny. Well, we uh, haven't even talked about junior yet. Well, we'll oh get there. God. We'll get there. <laughs> so what about the other sports? Are, is baseball it for you or do you follow football well, and all that? Baseball is good. I do know personally the goalie for DC United. Oh, 
fan because like Mr. Tony, if you don't use your hands, it's not a sport. I would never say that to him, but. <laughs> well, at least he uses his hands. I can't. I appreciate the difficulty of soccer, but I don't watch it. Yeah. I'm a fan. I do enjoy a good hockey game, but I find it very difficult to follow the puck, but I love yeah. the action. I yeah. love the hijinks that happen on the ice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have tried to be a Washington football team fan. Dan Snyder's made it very difficult to continue in that trend, but sure. um, I certainly don't root against them. Let's put it that right, way. Right, right. But I don't have any other teams that I, and I'm a former New York Yankee. I grew, Yankees were the team of my childhood, but I do not root for them now or ever. So good um, for you. Good. Good for you. No. <laughs> Ron Guidry was my childhood sweetheart. Oh, yeah. So, but I I love baseball because I can follow it and I I kind of understand it more than football because I couldn't tell you the difference between a four three or a three four defense to save life. But I have given Washington football team members ivs as well oh. as the goalie from the dc united yeah interesting and they're all kind of wackadoodles and i let's see i've also seen a couple of other the wife of the capital and he's even more handsome in person than he is on the ice there was another football player who married to a the washington spirit the, the soccer team and he was a complete nut job yeah <laughs> just you? complete just complete yeah Complete nut job. I, I know that's painting with a broad brush, as Mr. Tony likes to say. That's okay. We also know um, you don't. You're not. You don't want to be dropping names here, right? No, we'll leave that as it is. Okay. But uh, a certain Capitals player is even more handsome in person, <laughs> and his wife and children. One of them I saw completely in the buff. Stunning. Yeah, he had been sick, and he went to. She put him to bed, and he crawled out of his jammies, and he ran downstairs wearing nothing but a smile. <laughs> and, she, and she looked at me, and I'm like, "I'm a mom. It's okay." Three shade of red. I'm like, "It's fine. It's all good." And I let myself out, and she's like, "I think he needs me." I was like, "Yeah, I think he does." So go ahead. <laughs> all right. So now might be the time to tell this story, Roxy, because it's very similar. I have a very similar incident where apparently I went to bed. My parents were hosting. They were playing cards at the kitchen table. Yep. And I supposedly, I guess I was sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. I don't, I guess I don't remember, but I, I was fully clothed. However, I went over to the garbage can, lifted up the lid. Now that's key. I would like to at least say I lifted the lid <laughs> and started going to the bathroom in the garbage can, in the kitchen. Yep. It happens. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, my mom was very embarrassed. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't remember if she said I flushed, but that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but I would like to say, at least I remember to, to raise the seat because yeah. I have four sisters. Yep. You know, I learned to raise the toilet seat at a very early age. That's all I'm going to say. You lower it again. There you go. Yeah. No, to lift go. it when oh. I go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then put yeah. it back down. Right, right. Yeah, if you're <laughs> lucky. Anyway, Claudia, <laughs> on that note, uh, we have to take a break already. You, you, you're going to come back. Hang in there. And we'll be okay. right back with Meet the Littles. This is Dave Spector from Bells Up Winery. While our hosts take a quick break, wouldn't this be a good time to pour yourself a nice glass of Pinot Noir? I mean, Chuck and Roxy are probably enjoying one themselves right now, so why shouldn't you? Okay, now back to the Loyal Little Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome 
welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we are here chatting with Claudia and we have so much more to get into. Oh, wait a minute. You didn't say her last name. Well, you don't always say the person's last name when we come back from the <laughs> okay. first segment. Well, I thought this would be, I, I was like, okay, I butchered it. So I'm like, okay, I've got to let Roxy bring us back in because I'm going to probably butcher it again. I'm, I'm just kidding. I know it's Harbert. 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 Yes. We love saying your name now. This is going to become a thing. It's like Christopher Giannini and, yeah. and who else we got? There's a bunch. Well, I, don't, I won't well, torture don't, Patrick. Don't, don't start using it as your email password or anything like okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to get into a few quick things before we get into our fun, dumb questions. So you're invested because you kind of dropped this in the first half that you are a season ticket holder for the Nationals. Yes, I am. So you're invested. So how are things sitting with you right now? How is that investment treating you? Like, how do you feel? We've all heard, well, you haven't heard Tony's spiel on it about trading away the entire team, but how are you feeling right now? I am, I am recovering. I have the last Winterfest that was held. Trey Turner signed his jersey for my daughter. Oh, wow. And the likelihood of me getting Trey in my autograph session, I had got one autograph session and it was just like so random. I was just like, okay, I'll do this day at this time. And so I had no idea who was going to show up. Yeah. We're walking back there and I had his jersey in my bag of things that you, they would let you sign. And we're walking back and the, the session A was Strauss and Annabelle and one of the coaches. And then we walking towards where B section is and somebody said, it's Trey, it's Trey. And I looked at my son, and Mary Jo was with me, my, my college roommate, and I said, oh, my God, Lane's just going to die. And so when we got up there, I just looked at him, and I was like, Trey, you have no idea how much this means to me. And he just looked at me. He laughed. He said, I said, no, 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 you're forever beloved. <laughs> and, now, and now he's gone. Yeah. And my daughter, my, I was really worried about her. She was distraught. She was like, I can never wear his jersey again. And Mary Jo, she said to me, Claudia, tell Lane that he was traded. It's a different thing. He didn't leave. Yeah. Yeah. And so the story about me and the Harper t-shirts was that I took his rookie of the year and MVP t-shirt and I cut them into yarn and I knit a seat cushion and I was sitting on that the night we won the World Series. Oh, wow. So wait, you were at the game? Well, I was at the watch party. Oh, at the watch all, party, right. I right. all four watch parties, and I was at game three and game five. I have, I have some coin invested in this team, and I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm optimistic. I want to think that Rizzo knows what he's doing, and I am going to have fun cheering for the new guys. Um, I'm wrapping my head around it, mm-hmm. and they're not spending my money. Well, kind of no, they are. No, I'm, I'm not a GM. I'm not a... Well, you know, yeah, but it's your money that paid for the season tickets that they're using no. to... No. Yeah, but I'm not bankrolling. Right. right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's get away from the baseball because it sounds like it's upsetting you a little bit. So um, <laughs> we know you have one more story you must tell. Now, yes. this is when we have a little meeting a big situation. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. So when I used, before we put in our pool, I used to go to Sport and Health when it was in Rio, the Washingtonian Center um, here in Gaithersburg. And on any number of occasions, I saw this guy walking in with a battered briefcase and a pair of really beat up khaki pants, size 36. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm going, that's got to be Junior. And so I emailed Tony 
And I said, you know, dear Mr. Tony, I think I see Junior at my gym where he swims. Do you think he'd be offended if I went up to him and said hello? And so I didn't think that it was ever going to get read on the air. Well, lo and behold, he reads it on the air and he's like, no, absolutely, Claudia, go up to him and tell him he loves the attention or something to that effect. I'm like, so the next time I saw him, I did exactly that. And I said, you're John Feinstein, aren't you? And he says, yes. And I said, I'm a big fan. I listen to you and Mr. Tony all the time. And I think you're his best guest. He's like, well, thank you very much. And I said, and you know, just to show you, it really offends me that Georgetown won't play Maryland in the tournament that you host for whatever the, it was a charity thing. Mm-hmm. And Georgetown never played Maryland because they just wouldn't. And uh, it was the thing between John and Gary Williams. And I said, I think it's petty and they need to get over it. And he's like, well, thank you. And then that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> and so I emailed Mr. Tony back and I said, Mr. Tony, I took your advice. The next time I saw Junior, I went up to him and did exactly what you said. And he could not have been more gracious. Thank you very much. <laughs> so that's my Junior story. Wow. That is so, so funny. It seems a little anticlimactic. Old now. school. No, we like the old school stories because yeah, that, like you but, said, that, that's before uh, podcast days. So, but he would have his segment, and we knew. I can't remember now if it was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but he had very specific time slots. And like Tim Kirchin was always on at Tuesday at ten, mm-hmm. and I had the opportunity to meet Tim Kirchin, and I was like, "Oh, you're the guy that's on with Mr. Tony at ten a.m." And he's like, "Yeah." I said, "Oh my god, I listen to you guys every day." <laughs> and by the way, Tim Kirchin is the nicest person oh, you're I- ever going to. That's Ever. so good to hear because so, he's another yeah, one I would like to meet. But, you know, as they always say, you careful to meet your hero. No, I wouldn't call him a hero, but it is definitely someone I would love to. The nicest person on the planet. Oh, that's so but, good to hear. It, you know, it's very weird how you just things intersect yeah. and you find yourself saying things that one of my favorite things is Jesus. Am I speaking Chinese? Yeah. <laughs> and, right. um, good job out of you. Yeah. But it's the things I've picked up that I say I attribute it to either the radio show or the podcast and it's just something that you you laugh about and it's the ultimate inside joke sure well and if you want a good uh, if i may have a loyal littles podcast moment joe magnew was a recent guest and you might not have heard that episode but he does one of the most spot-on impersonations of him ever because he had a moment with him as well where he got to have a conversation with him and it did involve an avocado so oh involved yeah involved (laughs) yeah so uh (laughs) He did a really good impersonation, but okay. So, but can we cut to the chase now? Let's get to the more in-depth, really deep down questions. Are you a crunchy or a smooth peanut butter person? (laughs) Crunchy. Ah, I knew Ah. I liked you for a reason. Roxy, let's get, let's deep dive into these dumb questions before we have to let her go because we're almost out of time. Which TV family is most like your own? Ooh. Oh, Christ. Um, (laughs) All in the family. Ooh, Ooh. Good one. Okay. That's a good, that's. Yeah. That. You got an impersonation of Edith for us or? <laughs> Let's see. Songs that made the hit parade. Wait, that's incredible. <laughs> Wait, why'd you cut her off? <laughs> I wish I knew the words. That I, I think, I don't think I've ever, I, I obviously don't, I can't see you. I don't know what you look like, but <laughs> I am envisioning her and that was so great. Wow. Very impressed. <laughs> All right, Roxy, one more, and then we got to get out of here. Um, I have one. I don't think we've ever asked this before, but what personal trait has gotten you in the most trouble? I'm brutally honest. <laughs> Love it. 
Yeah. Love it. I get that. Honesty is the best policy. I'm probably brutally honest and or a wee bit gullible. Or maybe not, not necessarily gullible, but I'm probably a little too trusting of people. Gotcha. Well, nice. Claudia, can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. It's this been has been so such a fun. treat. I don't even know where to how to end this, but as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. All right. Are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Roxy loves under. this question. Quick, quick shout out to Joe Arrow for talking us into repeatedly asking this question. Right, because way right. back when, when we interviewed Joe Arrow, we actually said we weren't going to do that because it was like third episode. We had already asked like, it twice. And at one point he was like, wait, aren't you going to ask me like, the toilet paper question? He's like, I'm ready. And I was like, well, we didn't want to overdo it. And he's like, no, 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 no. no. Because you, you just got to ask everybody. And we still, we don't ask everybody, but we do a lot. Yeah. And he was like, no, it's just going to be like the brackets thing. They're either going to love it or they're going to hate it. And, and it's so like, short. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All right, Claudia, thank you so much again for taking the time to come on and meet the littles. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. All okay. right. All you loyal littles, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, what a great day. I mean, we get a tiny with this amazing story about Field of Dreams. And then we get that Meet the Littles guest. I mean, I knew she was going to be amazing. I saw pictures from Jingle Fest. (laughs) And because like we said earlier, a lot of people were so sweet on that day because they knew we couldn't be there and it was bumming us out big time. And I think Bobby was one of the first ones that sent us some photos. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I said to him, I said, who is that person photobombing all of your photos? We need to get her on the Loyal Littles podcast. So thank you, Claudia, for coming on. It's a great time. And we just had a few other little things we wanted to get into real quick. I know we were kind of doing the show backwards. Why don't we get into an email first? Why don't you, uh, I think we had an email from Ed Butt, right? We did. And Ed writes in, Chuck, hurricane winds are, by definition, 75 miles per hour plus. A really bad one is 150 miles per hour. How fast do you think the headwinds and tailwinds are that get you to LA an hour sooner or an hour later? Landing in a 30 mile per hour crosswind, which you've done tons of times, is much more dangerous than flying into a 150 mile per hour wind at 10,000 feet. And as usual, this is my favorite part, Roxy is right. Duh. (laughs) Riding in a car is much more dangerous. The vans you took on tours are even worse. Ed. So true, Ed. Okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's pause. (laughs) Just pure figures. He's saying a 30 mile an hour crosswind is more dangerous than a 150 mile an hour hurricane wind. That's yeah. why. I, okay. I, look, I don't pretend to know much about flying and airplanes and all that stuff, but just pure numbers that scares the crap out of me. Maybe it's the difference between a crosswind well, right, and obviously. a non-crosswind. I mean, obviously. So, but yeah. I still don't think just any Joe Schmo should be flying into a 150 mile an hour. How many weeks are we on this now? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we could talk about softball if you'd rather, but no, I didn't think so. So no, I mean, I'm sorry. Well, we get these emails. No, I know it's great. And I kind of like that. It gets it brought back up because I mean, he's, I'm sure he's 100,000% correct. I just think, and I think Tony would back me up on this. You just will never do that. No, I just think it's a bad idea. Just like a lot of people think jumping out of a plane is a bad idea. Probably 
99.999% rate of survival. I get all that. But again, you're jumping out of an airplane mm-hmm. with a parachute that anything you're... Can happen. Anything can happen. You, your trusting will open at the correct if time. If I don't jump out of the airplane, I have a m- much better survival rate. Now, yes, I could cross the street and get hit by a car and die. I get that too. I don't know. There's just some things. I guess I'm just not a daredevil, Roxy. I hope you don't mind. You didn't marry a daredevil, I guess. It's fine. I'm not really either. I imagine myself doing things. And then when it comes to it, I'm like, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't we, uh, we have a tiny little suggestion, but let's go. Cause I don't want to end on a downer. We had, we got some sad news. Roxy got some sad news the other day and it's a real bummer. I feel for you. I do. And we'll just go into it. Well, in our show uh, at Radio City, we have the Living Nativity, which has been in the show since 1933, and we have the live animals, the camels, the donkey, the sheep. They poop on stage. It's hilarious. Um, They do. I've seen it. (laughs) We've had to dodge the poop many times. It's great. Now, for the record, luckily, it's in the last scene, so normally... Normally, it, it's, it's there's not too much left of the show, right? That if we're, it happens, right? And right. the crew does a fantastic job cleaning up everything. But we have three camels in the show, and for the last twenty plus years, there has been the lead camel. His name is Ted, the biggest, most regal camel you have ever seen in your life. He passed away yeah. the other day, and we are all our hearts are broken. It's amazing to me seeing the um, tributes. On Facebook yeah, and Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to post some pictures of me yeah. with Ted specifically. I think I have a picture with Ted. I think you do too. Yeah. He has touched so many lives and brought so much joy. And at first, going back, I do want to say the handlers are fantastic. They treat these animals like their own children. And these are animals that if put back into the wild, they would not survive. So and these people are taking such good care and of now them. Now take a second, seriously, go into yeah. this because they live at Radio City, During right? This during season, the season they live at radio city there is a great facility for them and actually if you get up really early in the morning sometimes and, and you go over to radio city you'll see them walking the animals around the city block they've got high security on them at all times it's truly remarkable what they're able to do with these animals that i think like the today show always does like a special they segment do. On it yeah there's it a is big, truly there's a big event that happens when the animals arrive well of course every but year. even like you said when they take the walks because I mean it's hilarious if you don't know about this and tourists that are coming into the city they think oh we're going to New York City and they just happen to be walking down the street and they see these camels walking it's, around the block. It's pretty cool. And like I said, they do everything they can to care for these animals. When they're not in the show, they have a huge complex farm facility. They can run around. They can stretch their legs. They can do all the things that they would normally do in the wild. Just if they were released back into the wild, they would not Yeah, but it amazes it. me even the um, complex at Radio City. It's all underground. It's, it's under the stage, right? It's really, really cool. Anyway, so Ted has been a part of this show for couple of decades at this point and to lose him is it really is a hard thing for our family of performers and everyone well, especially there. for those of you like you that have been with the show for so long yeah and there's some that are much longer than you yeah that and I can only imagine what they're feeling I will always remember Ted as being the one he leads everyone out he is the he is the star of the show he really is. And you're um, talking about for the final scene. For the final scene. and The nativity. Yes. Yeah. 
And seeing him waiting in the wings for his entrance. Also, he knows his entrance better than pretty much everybody else. Probably like he's the handler. always ready to go. He would be standing backstage waiting for his grand entrance and he would be standing in a bevel <laughs> with his back hoof popped. Well, it is the cutest thing, and I will never forget him, never forget all the memories that we've all created with him, and it's a, it's really sad. Now, the good news is, is they're pretty sure it was of natural causes. He was much older, and it was just... You don't know how old he was, though, do you? One of the handlers had posted that he was about 30. Okay. That's um, a good life, I think, for And I for think camel. in camel years, that's pretty old, so... Yeah. His other buddy, Gabby, who's in the show as well. Hopefully she's doing okay. And So now will Gabby bump up to lead Camel, you think? Or don't we know. don't know yet. Gabby is so sweet too. The yeah. poor thing had something, dental issues. So she has sort of a crossbite, but uh-huh. she's she's adorable too. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Ted. Yeah, we love Sorry you, Ted. Sorry for your loss, Roxy. I know. I know. Look, I don't mean to make light of it. I get no, it. No, it's, it's, you He was know, such a huge part of the show. He was, yeah. And to be a part of the show for that long as, yeah. a, as an animal, like, that's pretty impressive. It's a pretty good run. Yeah. 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 So it'll be sad not to see him again, but we will honor him as best we can. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Maybe all three camels will take a poop on opening night in his honor or something <laughs> on stage when they cross. It's hilarious. Yeah, I can only imagine. I yeah. mean, look, I've had to do shows with other animals, dogs and things mm-hmm. like that. Obviously, I've done Annie a bazillion times. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's always something. And it's so much so yeah. interesting. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. So let's uh, before we get out of here, uh, we're going to move to our tiny little suggestion. Now, we've been waiting for this for a very long time. If you want to go back, because you all might have missed this, we had a wonderful interview back on February 27th, and our Meet the Littles guest was Dwan Reese. So if you want to hear all about this tiny little suggestion, just go back to that episode. It was called, spoiler alert, Chuck Berry was a tough cookie. And again, it aired on February 27th, so you can quick go back and look that up and take a listen, because it was a great interview. I mean, they all are, obviously. But in the interview, she goes into this new project she was working on, and it's now happening. And it's the Smithsonian Anthology of Hip Hop and Rap. And it's finally dropping on August 20th. So we're very excited about that. Now, what our tiny little suggestion is, besides obviously going out and getting your own copy, is on this Thursday, August 19th, her and her colleague, Kevin Young, are doing a Washington Post Live, it's called, and it takes place on Thursday at 1 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time, and it's called Race in America Giving Voice. So make sure you head on over there and take a listen to that live event. Again, that's Thursday, August 19th at 1 p.m. And we're looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to the album. I can't wait to get down to D.C. I'll hope, Hopefully we can get down there before this goes away, the whole presentation. I believe there there's a display and all that kind of stuff for it. It was fun going back and listening to that interview and all about that and how it's finally coming to fruition. So that's going to be our tiny little suggestion for this week. It's uh, a great one. Now, she said we can call her Dwan, right? Mm-hmm. Dwan Reese. Okay, because mm-hmm. in the thing it says Dwandolin. 
Reese. Well, I, make sure I think I'm, that's the professional. Well, of course, I just want to make sure I'm saying the name right, and because it's been a while since we've talked to her. That's but that, that was a lot of fun. That interview. That was a lot of fun. So, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to head on over to Apple and iTunes and give us a nice rate and review over there. We really appreciate that. Another very special thank you to Matt Jacobson, our what we're calling Tiny interview for this episode. And of course, our great Meet the Littles guest, Claudia Harbert. Did I say that right? You sure did. All right. And we also like to thank Dave Spector, Christopher Giannini, and Jolene Wojcik for our bumpers this week. All right, Roxy. And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, use the code, people. That's dope.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Songs that make the hit parade.